Welcome to Raising Your Spirits. Our hope is to help you make positive changes by providing guided messages from spirit. Tuning forks, crystals, and distance healing are how we pass those messages from spirit to you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your vibrational growth with us. Your host for this version of Raising Your Spirits, Tony Ginnis. Welcome to this next edition of Tuning In with Tony. We uh, are going to be discussing today about lane changes. What is that about? I got this uh, note a few days ago. Actually, uh, I was in traffic and I had to get into another lane because the lane I was on was going slow. There was always cars coming in. I was way over on the right, close to the ramp lanes or the collector lane sort of thing. And I had to get into another lane. But it was really hard because the lane I would want to go into, they're just flying by. So they're going a lot faster. So to do it safely, I had to give enough room in front of me so I can pick up speed and get to that same sort of, and I can just merge into that other lane. And uh, Spirit says, this is what your next topic will be. And I said, okay, well, let's talk about that. Today's color is red and blue. Those colors, when you put them together, has to do with ourselves, our, our ego, our ability to be able to look at oneself and see how we fit in the picture. But in this case, we're going to see how we are not fitting in the picture. In other words, whatever's going on around you, it isn't about us. It isn't about everything that's happening to us. It's not about the ego the ego wants you to figure out that, oh, it's uh, something that you have to feel you've accomplished something, or you have to feel that you need to attain something. The ego is more than happy to take credit for all of that because it wanted it. So I want to discuss, first of all, the concept of this changing lanes, this lane changing. Life is basically like a lane. You're in a certain lane and we talked about parallel realities in another class. And just to make it so it's very clear, all the various choices or lifestyles you ever want is, is happening in another reality at the same time. Uh, recently, I saw a, uh, a channeler. They were talking about the various numbers of realities that we have. As much as 300,000 different realities that we have all at the same time. Each one has a certain variance about your lifestyle. There is a lane that has a person homeless. There's a lane that has you very wealthy. There's a lane that has you living in a nice house with pets and so on. There's a lane that has you all by yourself. You never found a spouse. So all of these are potential realities that you are in. The life that you are living is like a lane. And when you want to get into another lane, another lifestyle, another form of the way you want to live your life, that's what it's all about, is how do we get into that energy so that we can live that life? But it is all about vibration. When we hear that a lot, we have to align our vibration to the lifestyle that we want. When we look at the example of uh, lane changing, okay, like if you want to change lanes, what is the first thing that you do? You do a shoulder check just to make sure there's, there's any cars coming. And what the cars represent is the speed or the vibration of that particular lane. 
And if it's slow enough, you could just go right in and there's no problem. But most often, if you're in a lane that's slow, there's a reason why they call it a slow lane. And as soon as you start moving to the left, in this case, you can in, in a parallel reality, you can go either way. But just to give you that visual, to change lanes, you got to make sure that you're going to do it safely. In this case, you're in a slow lane, but then we call it the passing lane. And that's the next lane over and the ones after that and so on. In various cities, you uh, you know, you could count up to 16 lanes. Uh, I, I counted once in Toronto. And it's, it's all about all of these lanes, and they're all going in a certain direction at a certain speed that you're accustomed to. So when you look at a certain lane that you're in, the reason why people can't change their lifestyle is because they've basically given up the hope that another lifestyle will be even a chance for them. So they stay in that lane and they just gripe about it. They complain about it. And this is why complainers and people that throw, you know, all kinds of dirt at where they are never change. They are always in the same place. You are choosing this lane, but it's just easier for you to frustrate through the slow and the up and downs of that lane because, you know, cars are coming on in this case and you're slowing down and then the, the, it picks up and then it speeds up and then slows down again. It's really frustrating. And it's only the one that says, you know what, I just got to get into a different lane. And so it's just a simple matter of uh, looking. It's good. We speed up. We get into that same speed, the same vibration, and we move over. It seems so effortless. But for some people, it's almost impossible for them to do that. And we call those types of scenarios people that are in a rut. Have you heard that? I just feel that I'm in a rut. I mean, a rut is when the road is, let's say you got your two tires on the road, and those are, are so deep, it's almost like you're going over two bumps to get over to the next lane. Because it's actually cut and channeled through the highway, and it's just easier just to stay in that rut rather than trying to come out because half the tire is underneath the pavement, let's say, all right? So it's much more difficult to get out of that kind of a situation. But a rut happens when we reserve ourselves and we just say, there's no hope for me, uh, this is the way my life is, and we just sort of are content with the status quo. We just say, this is the lane that I want to be in, and it is what it is. They just don't have the belief that they can change. And that's where, where that comes into play. So I wanted to give you that concept of the, these lanes, because when we talk about realities, okay, there is no such thing as the past, because that's behind you. I mean, have you ever had a head-on collision behind you? It's impossible. Whatever's going on behind you, you're done. You're gone. It's Nothing can touch you. Nothing can hurt you. Nothing can affect you except the memory of behind, what you were, what you used to be. Those kind of things have a much bigger impact on you when we look behind in the rearview mirror. Now, let's talk about the future. The future, we've heard in many cases, philosophers have said the future is a concept. Like tomorrow never comes. Have you heard that term? And it's like that. There is no such thing as a tomorrow. Tomorrow is in our mind that if we wait our now long enough, our now will be the next day, the next tomorrow, and that's considered that. But the future is always now. So that the past, present, and future is right at this moment. 
So just to give you this concept, where if we look at the review mirror, we're still in the now, but we can see behind us, not affecting us. So the future isn't ahead of us, it's beside us. So we're going sideways if we want to change our lives to a better future, okay? If we look at the fact that we're moving in this car, and in this car, we are in this moment. So we are in the now. So when we want a better future, we move to a new lane. Oh, this is a different experience. In our perception, we feel that, oh, I just changed my future. And we didn't. All you did was you changed the reality that you were in to another reality. I mean, look at it this way. If you were in, let's say, elementary school, let's say one person decides that, no, I want to stay in this lane. So they go into junior high with the same mentality as elementary school. They're always having problems with relationships because they're not moving on. The reason we move on is because we can see our friends that, you know, they want the high school experience and they want to fall in love. They want to do all these things in life. And so that would be exciting. So as soon as we have those desires and we say, I could do that, we have that desire and that's just enough for us to have the desire to change lanes. We have changed thousands of lanes since you have been in elementary schools. And each time it's something different. Oh, I just got a new hot tub. Oh, I got a new house. I get a new child or whatever. And everything changes. New job, a new, everything changes. I'm going to change my wardrobe. And you change lanes because you could have been in the same one as you always have. Every time something new happens in your life, realize that you have moved sideways into the future. Okay, you just move, you just change lanes into this other reality where now you, you are really dressed well. You're coming from a, a beautiful home and any desires you have, again, is going to be sideways into the future. So if you can look at it that way, that will give you a little better perspective on these realities that we are simultaneously are in. It's all in like lanes, all right? When we use the intention and we have that desire, when it's crystal clear what our desires are, then and only then does the universe bend over backwards to make sure that you get what you want. But it has to be really clear. A good coach, a good health coach, a good any kind of a coach, one of the first things they'll ask their client for the first time is, what do you want? If it's a personal trainer, they'll say, what is your goal? How do you want to look? How do you want to carry yourself? What is your goal? You know, like, is there a, an end to this? And they say, I want to look like this. And if it's a uh, business coach, I want my business to look like this and to run a certain way. And then they'll get an idea of what your end is. And then they'll fill in all of those things to help you get there. And that's really what it's all about. If you had no goals, if you didn't care about how you looked, then you would just have a body that's in default in, in the sense that it's just the way it is. There's no control. You just eat whatever you want. You act, your activity is whatever you want. Uh, then you're going to always be in that lane. And then what happens is there's going to be a time where let's say you want to go to the beach. Let's say you want to start running with your kids or your grandkids or whatever that your body is having a hard time keeping up. Or if you want to do something with your business, you're, you don't have the sales enough 
to do what you want. Then frustration comes in. And so we can go one of two ways. Either we can complain about it or we can say, okay, I think it's time now. Let's get serious. And I want to be in a different body. I want to be in a different business. That's when we have the desire to change this lane. I'm really hitting this home because I want this to be very, very clear. Because life does not get better by chance. It gets better by change. So this concept of changing lane is very appropriate in the sense that when you want something, you will find a way to be able to make that shift of changing lanes. And it's very similar to changing lanes on a highway. You have to, first of all, figure out what vibration that lane is. Or in the case of a highway, how fast are they going? Most times, they're going faster than the lane that you're in. For a while, you have to sort of speed up, almost going at the same speed as the lane you want to go into. So there's a very seamless change of lane. So you're not going to create any accidents or someone has to hit the brakes. But in energy, there isn't that. You have to be pretty much at the same energy and the same vibration and living that. And then all of a sudden you move into that vibration. And this is where things come so quickly. Have you ever had a time where you've been trying something over and over again? I hear this a lot with with people that are looking for jobs. And uh, for uh, two weeks or three weeks solid, they go to all the employers, they drop off their resume, they're putting all the the feelers out to get the job. And, and at all the time, they're saying, you know, I have expenses coming up. I, I got to get a job soon. And then one day it happens where somebody gives them an, a, a decent offer. Would you like to work for us? And he says, oh, absolutely. And then they let all that go. It's effortless. And then as soon as they say yes to one job, all of a sudden, and I hear this all the time, they get two, three, four, five offers from other employers that are now in the area that they're saying, okay, yeah, we just saw your resume. Uh, we'd like to have you come in for an interview. Oh, I'm sorry, I've already accepted a position. The reason they found yours was you no longer have the impression of lack in your energy and you let it go. And then shortly after, Boom, you get two or three offers. Same thing happens with a couple that wants to conceive. They've tried so many ways to conceive, have a baby, and it just doesn't work. They, they tried the chemical ways and it doesn't work. And finally, they'll go to a person like myself or they'll go to uh, someone that says, you know what, I think, you, why don't we you just to get a bigger perspective, go on a trip, let's get you all relaxed and then when you come back, then we can start talking about various things. So they let it go. They're on a trip. They come back only to find out that somebody that they could adopt and they finally adopt them only to find out that they're pregnant because they've let that go. There's no longer attention. There's no longer stress. And this happens so often when you start holding back. It's stressful. You're in that lane. But as soon as you let it go, you're in a different lane. Okay, as soon as you let go of something, you're in a different lane because it's not as stressful as the lane that you were in. So the more we think about ourselves, like when we think about the what is it happening to me, some everything happens to me. When you look at people that always talk about themselves all the time, everything is all about them. They are usually quite unhappy people. 
I'm not sure if you've ever noticed that. Because and, and there's no difference between that vibration of me and I to depression. It, it's the same type of vibration. It's very close. So a person that only wants to talk about themselves and only wants to do things for me, they only will join a group or they only will be involved in something if there's some payout for me. They can even go as far, and I've seen it, that they'll do something for charity only if they could get massive advertising that they did something that they could put on their website that they're now helping uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation or something. And it's always about something that they could gain. Those are usually unhappy people, uninspired, unmotivated. And so when we look at that, that keeps you in the lane that you're in. So we always look at, uh, okay, we want to change. How do we do it in the most effective way? And the first thing you have to do is get yourself out of the victim mentality that everything is happening to you. Person made a comment the other day on a bus and said something, and they were actually talking to somebody else on the bus. But they overheard it. When they turned over, they said, boy, that was pretty inconsiderate to talk about me like that. They looked over. No, I, I didn't even talk about you. I was talking about such and such. Then they realize, oh, no, no, you did something. In other words, the whole world, you think, is commenting about you. And they're not. Actually, they're really not. They, in fact, this world is quite neutral. And people usually don't care about us. <laughs> they, they only look at the world through their perception. And based on their perception, they react. So it's not nothing personal. When we think of it a bit that way, that is really the best way to look at something. When you think everything is personal, that's when, you know, you got your antennas up all the time and you're always frustrated that why are people making all these comments about me? The secret to life is a world that is neutral and impersonal. People do things not to hurt us, but they are channeling their hurt upon us. It's more about that. Someone is feeling left out. Someone has a feeling of injustice or someone has a feeling that they're not enough, well, they're going to see all that qualities in you. They're imposing their hurt and their frustration on you. And when people say, why did that person say that? That's why the why questions don't really relate to anything because it's all about the other person. Why did they say it? Yeah, that's a good question. However, it isn't uh, something that was intentional or premeditated. It just came out like that. When we look at how do we stay or how do we get stuck in the lane that we're in, okay? There's three factors how we get stuck in our own lane and then we find it almost impossible to change, to get into another lane. The first one is focus on something you cannot change. This really controls people quite a bit. In other words, always look at the news. Always look at all the things that you could probably do. What you're seeing stuff on social media, on the news, on the wars in other countries, and so on, that you can't do anything about. And so you feel powerless. That's one. That will keep you in the same lane. Number two is focus on what you do not have. And this is where lack comes in. You're always focusing on what's missing in your life. You may be in a one-bedroom apartment looking for perhaps a larger apartment or a condo where you want to maybe someday buy a house. 
and a lot of people will argue with me on this, but there are some people that say, you got to put your goals everywhere where you could see it. Have a picture of the house that you want in your bathroom mirror when you brush your teeth. So you're reminded of it all the time. This is your goal. This is your goal. And then in your car, on your phone, on your computer screen. And yes, this technique does work. However, what happens is you're transferring the visions of what the universe could give you to what you feel you have to do in physical form. The argument isn't that it doesn't happen, and it does. It's just that you have to work so much harder for it. The ones that I love doing is jotting down 20 things I want and putting it in my nightstand and then going back after 15 years to see what's on the list. Never looked at it. I wrote it down. And I'll bet that in 15 years, all those things that I wrote down, I'll have. Because it's all about ordering. It's the request. If I go to a restaurant and I'm ordering chicken and the waitress leaves for like 30 seconds, I'm not going to get stressed to think, I'll bet anything she won't bring me my order. I'll bet you I won't get my chicken. No, you made the order. And now what do you do? You talk about how was your day? And how are the kids? Um, how is your business? You know, if you're working with somebody in, or if you're going out with your spouse on a date, you know, you talk about other things. Then all of a sudden, in a short time, the food comes because it's just expected and you're not surprised when it shows up. It's the same with manifestation. Focus on the things that you can do. In other words, don't focus on the lack. The last thing is focus on the past or focus on the future. If you do those things, you're going to stay in the lane that you're in. Now, here's one thing that actually works backwards. If you want to control anybody, you can control your kids, you could control your neighbors, you could control a nation just by getting them to do these things. Imagine if you could get your child to focus on everything they can't change. So, Get them to watch the news all the time. Get them to look at solutions that may never happen. Uh, look at all the things that they don't have. Okay, well, you don't have a Lamborghini. You don't have a house. You don't have this. And just always highlight it and always make it so that, oh, you don't have that. I, I've even seen cases where people say, I want my kids to get an A. Get an A. And they bring home an A. It says, Dad, I got an A. I got an A. Yeah, but you could have had an A+. plus. I've seen that. That's missing. Oh, then they get an A plus. Well, you could have had bonus marks. In other words, you will never be enough if you're constantly looking at the lack of something. If you get them to always look at the good old days and always look at the future, your kids will never leave the house. <laughs> I don't know if you want that, <laughs> but this is how you can really control people. So what do we do to make them empowered? Do the exact opposite. Focus on the things, the one thing that you can change. You could change the way that your body looks. You could go downstairs, move a couple of weights, get on the cardio, start eating well. These are things that you could change instantly, even if it's only those. And even if a person, let's say, is injured and they can't do a lot of physical things, can you clean? Can you, like, what would be something that you can do? You focus on that. The second thing is, you focus on the things that you have. What do you have? I have one good arm. Okay, what can we do with that one arm, let's say if you're injured, that would make any difference? 
Well, I could, uh, and you have a list of those things. Years ago, there was a, a violinist that played uh, about 10 seconds into the, the, the music. It was a classical music. I forget the person's name. It was a, uh, it's, it's a Polish, I think it's a Polish or, or Jewish person. And he's a well-known violinist. And 10 seconds in, he breaks one of the strings on his violin. And the whole orchestra stops because they know what just happened, including the audience. He waits for a few seconds and he signals a conductor to keep going because he only had the one violin and he could have gotten another violin, but he says, no, no, it's okay, just keep going. So he played the rest of the music with only three strings instead of four. And he had to recreate all of the sounds without that one that was missing. And afterwards they said, "Uh, how did you do that? Because I just focused on the strings that were working of what I had, not the one that wasn't there, to keep focusing on that. So to control yourself is keep looking at those things. Now, one of the things that is really something I see a lot of when people come to me for readings and tunings is that they are in a certain lane, let's say, and they're just tired. They're exhausted. They don't know how much further they could last in their business or how much longer they could do what they're doing before things change to their favor. All the things that we look on the list, they're doing. They're doing all those things. And right now, it's just a matter of changing those lanes into another vibration. But in waiting to do so, it almost seems like forever. And there's almost this urge of giving up that, I don't know if I can do this. And so that reminds me of an article I read recently of a study that was done in 1957 by Dr. Kurt Riker. And it was about taking rats and placing them in a pool. And they were observing all the rats to to see how long they could tread water and how long it would take before they give up. And the average rat usually will be able to uh, tread water for about 15 minutes. Before total exhaustion heads in, they cramp up and then they sink and they could drown. And just before they drowned, the researcher would pluck the rat out of the pool, dry them off, and give them a few minutes, just a few minutes to rest. And then in the second wave, put them in the water again to see how long it would be able to tread water for the second time. Now keep in mind, they just went through 15 minutes total exhaustion, so they failed. They would have drowned. They were saved by the researcher, and now within a few minutes, they go back in. So they kind of had their second wind, right? How long do you think the rats would have treaded water for the second time? Anybody? You can put it on in the chat if you like. Do you think it would be another 15 minutes or maybe 10 minutes or five? Anybody have anything they want to guess? Well, As it turned out, the rats in the second time were able to tread water for 60 hours. That's two and a half days. And they found this pattern over and over again. And they couldn't understand how come the rat would have drowned the first time in 15 minutes, not much more. And the second time, they lasted days. They were just treading water and treading water. And they finally came to the conclusion 
that the rat knew that they were going to be rescued, that there was going to be some, and all they had to do was just try a little harder. Try, And they, every part of their body was to survive and just to last a little longer. To la- and so they went into way past their normal belief and possibility of thinking. And they ended up going for 60 hours, which is astronomically so much better. And so how does that apply in your life? I mean, thinking that you're only going to be able to last a little longer before you get to your next lane change, right? How would you be able to last? And the first thing you need to do is to get out of yourself. Because the first time they realized that the first time the rat was thinking of its own survival, that I am going to die, that I have to tread water, I have to tread. And as soon as it was plucked out and realized that they were rescued, they now are believing in a higher power in this case, or someone outside of themselves is going to rescue me, is going to help me, is going to come to my aid, is going to save me. And that was just enough to open up the floodgates of power so they could tread water for two and a half days. So how does that equate to your life? The things that are happening to you that you think that there's limits on, that you can't last any longer, that you're at the end of your rope, that there's nothing more that you could trust. because And then think of yourself, am I thinking of me? And as soon as you start realizing, I'm thinking of me. Think of something else. Think of your kids. Think of the higher power of it. Now, whether spirit or God or whatever it is in that, it's not about that. But it is stop thinking of you. You got to get out of your head. Because as soon as you do something for a higher purpose, there is no limit to the power that will come out of you. And when changing lanes happens, sometimes they'll need a little more time on your end to be able to manifest this new life or manifest this new change. And sometimes the change itself is the fact that you realize that it's not you, that you're going to find a way to do it because you are believing in a higher mission. It's not just you trying to create a business. It's not just you trying to go through this job. It's the fact that your kids, the people around you, your neighbors, your friends, your all the people that, that you know are seeing you as an inspiration. You might not see that, but if you realize that somebody is counting on me so that they have belief, that energy will come out of you like it is amazing. We've heard of stories where people are not thinking of themselves. And when I was in this energy, Spirit brought me to this one segment uh, where Tony Robbins uh, addresses his crowd. And it was just so random. He says, okay, go to this video and, and, and click this. And so I wrote it down because I, I thought it was so appropriate in this time. And what he says is this, that there is a part of you that is everlasting. It's beyond the mind. It's beyond the body. You might call it soul. You might call it spirit or your essence. Whenever that part of you is activated for something you want to serve bigger than you, then there is a different level of emotion. The emotion is the fuel that drives all of this ahead. 
You got to feed the best part of you every day. You got to demand the best part of you. You got to not settle for less than you can or share or create or give. But only one thing that will hold you back. Fear. Fear that you're not enough. Fear that you don't know enough. But you don't have to know enough because something loved you enough to give you the gift of life. A beating heart in your chest that you did not have to earn. You didn't have to prove you were worth it. Something in the universe called, call it God, call it universe, whatever is comfortable that you want to call it, something created us, something created you, and something expects you to become something more. That is why it feels so good to become more, to give more, to break through and overcome your fears. Most will miss the nectar of achievement because they let their fears dominate them. There is always and there always will be a part of you that will be fearful. Just don't let it be in charge. You have this energy inside of you already. It just needs to be unlocked and you got to get out of yourself to do it. So this blue energy that we're looking at today, blue and red energy, addresses that very thing. We need our ego, okay? So a lot of people will say, well, let's just eliminate the ego. We can't because when we are in our most dire straits, let's say we're homeless and hopeless and we have the lowest vibration, our ego is the one that brings us out of that soot, that brings us out of that darkness to say, oh, I can do something. I know I can. And we need that at that point. But there's a point where it gets to where we get beyond anger and beyond irritation just before we get to being content, being sort of enlightened and bring in more light. That's where that ego has to stop because after that, something else will take over. But we need our ego. It is this equilibrium. It is this, we don't want the ego to be really low and we don't want it to be very high. It is that yin-yang concept. The, the point where we have balance in our life and we have our ego in check. It is applied where it is needed. It doesn't need to yell out. Like right now, we're coming up to Remembrance Day and some people will actually photograph themselves putting money in the coffer. And some of you people, I, I think, uh, do those things in, in supermarkets where you're collecting money for the, uh, for the veterans. And I've seen some people take a picture of them putting money in and then they're posting it on Facebook or something. And I don't know why they do that because the person that is the most balanced are the ones that do it secretly. Not the amount of money, it's the effort. It's the gesture, right? And that's what makes us so capable. When we look at the power that is within us, realize this, that whatever lane you're in, if you like it, then stay on that highway. If there are some things you'd like to change, just simply think of the vibration of another lane plus what you are in, because you can do that. If Let's say you love the lane, but there's a couple of things you'd like to take a few potholes out, maybe, in this lane that you're in, or you'd like to make it so that it's not so 
close to another traffic and you want, let's say, something else. You just have to imagine it and saying and live it as if you already are in it, like speeding up before you get into that lane. If you don't like the lane, don't condemn it. Just realize it is where you are right now and just visualize the next lane. Don't keep focusing on the lane that you're in, okay? In this meditation, we're going to be going through the water meditation that, uh, that I did a, a while back. And it's all about flow. It's all about swimming for as long as we can swim because there's so much energy in that. I want you to envision that you're in a large room. I was seeing a number of different examples. One is like a farmer's silo. You know those tall, tall silos that you see on, in the farm where they store the grain and all that? There's these huge, tall silos, and it's empty. So you go in, you close the door, and it's just one huge room. And I want you to envision that you're in there a while, and then all of a sudden, it starts to rain, like pouring from the ceiling. And it's starting to really, very, very quickly, fill up with water. And you try the door and you can't get out. And you look up and you see that there's a, there's a little opening at the top of this silo, but you can't climb that high because there's no ladder or anything. So you're thinking, how am I going to get up there? And so in the beginning, you're thinking, I'm going to drown. Like there's fear that comes in. And then, so I want you to be, because any time we are in a new position, something happens to you. There's this shock in your life. And you feel like that you can't handle it. There's this initial fear that I don't know how I'm going to be able to last through this. You're recreating that same energy where you're in the silo. It's filling up with water. It's now up, uh, up to your knees. Then your, your waist, it gets filling up fast. And then I want you to change lanes. I want you to realize, wait a second, I'm in water. I could play in this water and tread water until my body floats to the very top of this silo so I can crawl out of freedom and let the water bring me up. So I'll go from freedom to sort of joy, or I'll go from freedom to let's say you just want to tread water and you're really calm. Whatever way that your idea will be, change lanes to something else, but start off with that first initial reaction, which we all have, where fear comes in. I'm not sure how I'm going to get through this. And then however long that will last, and then I want you to visualize, oh, wait a second, okay, I can change lanes and I could change my perspective of what's going on. And then you change and then you change it to something else other than fear. Okay, let's see what kind of visualizations that you get from this. The sound and the tuning forks will, will give you various things and we'll see where people are when we're done. So take a deep breath, breathe in the color red. So a fire engine red, you're breathing that in. And when you exhale, I want you to exhale this blue, turquoisey, light blue color. Breathe in red and exhale blue to start with, just to get you into that energy. And we'll see you in about 15 minutes.
slowly come back into the room that you're in, trying to remember what you felt, what you saw, what you sensed. Did the visualization go in a completely different direction than when you started? When are we going to get a lighter world, a better world? And it's already happening. That parallel uh, reality is already in place. We just have to sort of think and visualize that we are in that place. And we're going to start moving and changing that lane as well. That's going to be more of a national, international shift because one person can do it. It would be good if a lot of people would follow that. So it's uh, there's still a majority that knows what they want and the direction that they want to go, but they're so focused on the news. And that's one of the things, if you're always focused on things you can't change, you're stuck in your lane. But if you focus on, okay, where do I want this world to be? Just always focus on that. And you're more liable to be changing it in that way. But I think it's going to be more of a global movement uh, for that. So everyone's thinking and moving that in that direction. It's massive what's really happening now. So we'll see where it's going to go. And hopefully classes like this will give people at least a sense that there's something bigger out there. There's something that we can do, even though we can't do it physically. Uh, We're not looking at lack. We're looking at what we can do. We can visualize. We can change these lanes in our head. And those are things that are decision makers. But too many people don't think it's worth it. Don't think that it it makes any difference. And it does. It absolutely does. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Really appreciate it. Love you all. And we'll see you next week. Okay? Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to Raising Your Spirits. If there is a subject you would like to hear in a future podcast or would like to book a session with Tony, reach out to his Facebook group at Genis Shields Natural Healing Center or group tuning classes with Tony on his online virtual weekly classes. The YouTube channel is Suzanne and Tony 17. That's Suzanne and Tony, all one word and the number 17. And the website is lovehigherself.com. Until next time, namaste.